You are listening to the Badass Bitches for the Badass Bitches, hosted by Kim Coffin, Empowerment and Sexuality Coach with Get Your Sexy Back, and Carrie Hoffman, Align Practitioner with True Performance. Our goal is to bring you uncensored, pleasurable wellness for you, for your body, and for your mind. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a special guest, former therapist, now coach, Shelby Lee, who is a trauma specialist. Welcome, Shelby. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming. I've had the honor of being in Shelby's Creating Safer Spaces program, which is amazing. And Shelby, on the whole, her info of just really holding safer space and allowing people to grow and heal is just fabulous. So we'll show, share more of that around the end. But first, when we were chatting last week, we were speaking about human awareness and slowing down. Do you want to start with that? Sure. Yeah. I feel like I should call my work human awareness because so many people, when they see trauma awareness, they're like, that's not for me or, oh, I don't, I don't work with those people. You know, I, those people are like very intense. You can tell when they need lots of support. And, and I'm thinking, "Mm, actually, you know, pretty much everyone has trauma. And so I think that the work I offer really supports everybody to feel like they can build trusting relationships better Everyone could feel more at ease in their, in themselves, in the relationships with each other. And most of all, just feel safe enough to be present, to receive the work that's happening, whether it's massage therapy or coaching or therapy or a meditation class. It's like Mm. every human being held just with a little more awareness and a little more kindness can go a long ways. They can really receive what we're offering in such a big way. So that's what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, I love it. And there's a few things I've picked up, even just working with you in the last few months, little things like when you're leading a class online, I notice that you don't cleave and close the um, zoom call. You wait for people to dismiss and just drop up a, put up a photo of you that, Hey, you're gone, but they can leave gently and slowly and it's calmer for their nervous system. And then noticing, you know, the next call I was on and coach just kind of closed it and it was like, it is a brat. I love hearing things that I do with no awareness that are trauma aware. That, that feels really nice to hear. Yeah, I don't even think about it. Yeah. You didn't even think, oh, wow. I noticed it. Very first call. I was like, Ooh. oh, that's so cool. I mean, I was actually talking to my therapist yesterday and I was like, I finally figured out why I do what I do. And I was like, I thought I just didn't like people. It's that I have not trusted people my entire life. I really, I love my clients. Don't get me wrong. I love my close people. But when I go out in the world, I've always been so hyper vigilant. Like, am I going to be okay with you? Am I going to be um, able to be myself here? Just trained since very young age. Like people are scary. I can't trust anyone. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, wow, I do what I do because I'm teaching people how to be trustworthy humans. And that means the world to me. And I can't even remember why I just jumped in to say that, but it had something to do with what you were just saying. Yeah, Creating those safer spaces. It's so important. So important. One of the things that I loved, like I've been through a lot of the, you used to teach in SLRC in the Vita program, right? So that sex, love and relationship certification that I have, and I'm pretty sure you've been through a ton of it as well. And 
some of the things that we went through about more invitation, about more inviting, about giving an option, like especially the eyes closing. I invite you, you know, to close your eyes or close them over gently or leave them open, like whatever one is going to work for you best right now and makes you still feel safe and grounded and in your body because things like that can trigger or activate people, right? Yeah. And those things are the, are the ones I'm most passionate about because so many of us have the best of intentions. And that was just kind of what, how we were guided at one point. So they, we thought that's what we were supposed to do without thinking twice about it. And then when we learn, oh, some people's nervous systems actually get really dysregulated at the moment they close their eyes. So I'm just going to think about what I'm doing as I'm guiding and really make sure everyone feels like they're welcome to do whatever feels best for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and even the yoga stuff, like uh, I remember going to hot yoga years ago. And certain teachers would always just touch you. And if it was certain men, I did not want them touching me. And I didn't really put that in to, you know, probably my consciousness until I've studied and done the trauma work and looked at creating safer spaces and see that, yeah, if your eyes are closed too, and they're wandering around the room, that does not feel safe. You don't know where you're going to hear the voice next, especially yeah, for women who've been sexually (laughs) traumatized. (laughs) Yeah. And I was, when, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And I didn't know why I was so reacting or not happy with that class, but it would check me right out and I couldn't probably continue meditating or I couldn't continue my yoga. Yeah. I had an experience really similar to what you're describing, which is probably why I teach about it where we went to this beautiful trauma release class where we were led through this entire process that's so helpful. It's where the legs shake and then the whole body starts shaking and it can be so supportive. But the way the class was facilitated was not trauma informed. Mm -hmm. And I keep hearing this over and over again, that people are incredible with trauma, but they're not trauma informed, (laughs) which is they're two different things. And the guy led this class and then turned all of the lights off. So it was pitch black and started stepping over us talking. He was like seven feet tall. It felt like, and, um, I was just like in total, um, freeze, you know, so scared from my own history. Oh, and the poor guy, he's the sweetest man and just thought it would be really nice to have the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. But our bodies can react so quickly to any other stress response, traumatic event from previous in our childhood or whatever. And we can't even control it at that point. We're just reacting. Right. I'd love to actually, you said there's a difference between trauma work and then trauma informed. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. Oh, I've been hearing this so much lately from people coming to me being like, can I just check this out with you? I'm in this trauma informed teacher training for, you know, this or that. And this thing is happening in there, or I'm being held as a student like this. Is this uh, trauma informed or am I just being really unreasonable, you know? And again and again, I'm like, no, that is not trauma informed. We can't be amazing at supporting our clients and students through these trauma resolution processes while also not 
being aware of how we're welcoming them, how we're creating contracts with them, how we're setting up expectations, how we're saying what we're going to do and then not doing it, um, how we don't make ourselves available for the relationship if there needs to be a repair. Uh, there's all these nuanced things that we don't learn when we're in school learning the techniques. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other ways we can set up layers of support around ourselves so we can stay regulated around our clients so they can feel as regulated as possible in our presence. And it is, it's a whole nother training <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because we can't possibly learn it all in one fell swoop, right? There's so many things to know. Yeah. Just kind of for our audience, if they're like, okay, what do you mean? What are you talking about? I'm kind of thinking of, you know, a time where even I went for a massage with somebody new and it just felt yucky. And I didn't know why, like you, you don't even know why sometimes you're just like, I didn't like that. Right. It just might be something that felt non-consensual, like even just, I can't even explain it sometimes. And I think that's where people get tricked up and they're like, what do I do? do here? Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's, it's funny because at first glance, trauma seems really tricky, but once we learn about it, it's actually quite straightforward. And so then we feel like, Oh, okay. I don't have to tiptoe anymore. And I think we don't realize that when people come in for our care, whether we're just doing a few one-off coaching sessions or a body work session, that we're in a power dynamic already because someone's paying us money for us to care for them. And a lot of people learn about power dynamics when they're little ones, when they have their primary caregivers or parents taking care of them. And so they will automatically actually, they look like adults, but have these little young parts showing up, wanting affection, wanting care, wanting to be held in this way, wanting to be heard in this way. But we're looking at them and we're going, there's an adult human being. I'm just going to treat them like an adult. However, there are these parts that show up that could use some extra awareness and tending. And so that's what we do with trauma awareness. I'm so curious for both of you because you're care providers in these various industries. How do you create trauma-informed care? What are the first things that come up for you that really matter to you? Mm. Definitely regulating myself, grounding and regulating myself, no matter what, through an session and working with my people in inviting, in going super, super slow and not having an agenda and really just allowing it to unfold and knowing that just holding that space is enough. Sometimes it's the space that you hold that is so important because people haven't been given that space before. It's been taken away and they've been told no so often and be quiet, right? Play small. So I agree with you, Kim, most definitely. And I think it's important for us to be able to stay grounded and do our practices within ourselves to make sure that we're not taking on, um, you know, that, that energy that's coming from our clients that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're both naming around being regulated mm-hmm. in ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's so important and clients can just feel that the more we are settled in our systems, the more they can just go, Oh, this is what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most definitely for me, yeah. I do manual therapy and hands-on touching. So if I'm 
having a bad day, you can definitely feel it through my hands. That's not something that I want to put onto my clients. So, yeah. Yeah. That actually just reminded me. I had a beautiful, like very expensive massage up North at a really beautiful resort in Muskoka. And I'd had been there many times before, but I had one and I couldn't name it. But as soon as she touched me, I was like, (gasps) and I actually considered saying stop. I really kind of wanted to, but Mm. I felt like I couldn't. And I felt like, you know, you go through all, this is probably about eight years ago. Now I would have said stop, but I went, yeah, I went through and I was like, what was that? I can't like, that was awful. And afterwards I spoke up to the manager and she's like, oh my gosh, I knew she shouldn't have been here today. One of our coworkers lost a child and she's grieving and I am so sorry. But I felt it from her first touch on me. And I was like, that energy transfer was so uncomfortable. And this is way before I've done the work that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and part of the trauma informed care is that we take our time when we set it up with people to really explain if, if anything I'm doing is uncomfortable, please share with me. I would love to know if we could do anything different. I'd love to know that too because so many people want to say no all the time, Mm -hmm. but when they're handing us their money, they're also going, well, am I going to like lose care? If, if I speak up, am I going to piss them off? And then the care is going to be worse is, uh, am I not going to be able to keep coming back for more care? Cause they're going to think I'm difficult. There's a thousand reasons we don't say no. In massage therapy, when you're going through your consent with your client and the the nature of the treatment and stuff, one of the protocols is you need to tell your client that they do have the right to stop or modify their treatment at absolutely any time. Every time you go for a massage, you should be told that. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody is taught that in the United States. No. Mm. And I think the um, registered massage therapist training now is probably very different, even in Canada from 10, 20 years ago. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would also say it's, it's how we say it. There can be a way where we're like checking off the checklist and making them sign the form, but really showing them I'm one of those people that is available for feedback. I love your no, I'm grateful, you know, (laughs) however, we can really share with them. It's genuine. And that's a sign of us being regulated. Yeah. And it's even, even somebody amazing and trauma-informed as you, you can say that. And then some people will still feel because of internal conditioning or whatever to say, I can't say no. So there's a, a two-way street there. You get to do as much as you can do and keep reminding them. And also then as a, a practitioner, I think it's our job to read their body and to, I can feel it very fast in my body and I will name it. I'm like, okay, tell me if I'm, you know, totally off here, but I just got punched in the chest. Like, what is that? (laughs) And, and normally they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm feeling that. And they may not even have noticed it until I named it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Attunement, you know, really being, staying super curious, checking out when something in our body is saying there's something happening here. And then asking them for what's happening instead of interpreting it for them, which is how you just phrase that. This is what I'm noticing in my body. What's happening over there for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I get to tap in and listen to my body to trust what's going on with them, but we can't do that if we're not regulated and grounded ourselves. Yeah. When our nervous system is freaking out and 
stuff's going on, right? Yeah. And part of my practice is I get a lot of information in my body and most of the time it's pretty right on. Um, but I never make assumptions that that's what's happening for the other person. Um, I never say I have an intuitive hit for you because to me, that's a power play. And I always trust the wisdom of their body and their knowing more than mine, even if I'm damn sure I'm right. (laughs) Yeah. Because it could be us. Yeah. My role is to be with them in their process for as long as it takes with no agenda. Like you said earlier, Kim, like Mm -hmm. I might have this thing. I really want them to know about themselves and that might not be what is wanting to unfold in the moment. Yeah. They might not be ready for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there any other great pieces that you want to bring in that are important to create and set up safer spaces that you'd recommend? Hmm. So many, <laughs> I know. so I kind of named a few of like, yeah, we can have trauma informed, uh, practices, but not actually trauma informed care, whatever I said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, one of the things I noticed, uh, you know, I said contracts. So for me, one of the things I promote the most and I'm the worst at, <laughs> we all have our edges, right. Is slowing down so much in the beginning, like, before we even meet our people, our clients or our students and creating, what is our, what are our email communications? Like, what are, what is the entrance to my office? Like, what are the forms like that they have to fill out? If I experienced a lot of trauma, what would it be like for me to walk in this front door? And is there an environment that feels warm, caring, where I can understand what's happening? Because for folks with trauma, many of us, if not all, didn't get to um, expect what was happening. And so the more we can show people where we're going, where we're headed, what we're up to and why, really break things down for people, even as much as, oh, welcome to my space. This is where the bathroom is. That's where the exit is. Here's where you put your shoes. Uh, This is how we do things here. Any more questions? Just really take time even especially for the people that seem like they've got it all together and we want to start right now (laughs) to actually slow down and say, this is what is happening here in this space, whether it's online or in an actual space and doing that with our contracts, our email communications, this is what is happening. This is why, because then they know what to expect. And then if I don't end up doing that, I name it. I say, Hey, we, we talked about having 12 sessions it looks like um, eight's only going to be able to happen because I have a family emergency or whatever. Um, this is why. How do you feel about it? I'm available for any repairs. So I'm a, I'm really big on do what you say you're going to do. And if you don't, just acknowledge it. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the acknowledging. Yeah. And just naming it. Just naming it right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we started talking a little bit about pronouns too. And so many people are using them. I am, you I'm right, are right now, on, even on our Zoom, but so many people don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that is also a really key point to helping people feel safe. Do you want to speak to that? Sure. Yeah. And it's, I love that so many more people are using it on Zoom and Uh, There are so, I don't know, it might just be my Instagram (laughs) page, but just so much more awareness around why it's important. And for me personally, I can speak from my own experience that 
when I write my name and then my pronouns, she and her after that on Zoom, for example, what I'm communicating is um, I want everybody here to know they're welcome to put their pronouns. This is a space where we have awareness that there are there are many genders <laughs> and many ways people want to represent their identities. And um, oftentimes at the very beginning of when we meet, I'll walk people through how do we rename um, and why. And I do that in my email signature too, because I want people to know that this is a space where I welcome whatever your gender identity is, whatever your pronouns are. I want to know so that I can respect you and call you by what you want to be called by. And I, I have heard by many folks who are gender nonconforming or trans or other genders, other identifications, that when those aren't there, it feels a little scarier to actually have to say what their pronouns might be, or actually they might feel like they need to step into an education role and do that kind of emotional labor, which is asked of them so often. And so I'm trying to reduce the amount of labor that people are having to do to educate mm -hmm. others about who they are um, by doing just simple things like that. And if I'm greet, I have a, on my intake form, I just have gender, um, line, pronouns, line instead of something people can check boxes by <laughs> yeah um, allows them yeah yeah things I like liked that. that a lot mm -hmm. and you can also ask too it's also actually like hey my name's Shelby my pronouns are she her what's your name who are you and I think you know I can't speak for everyone but I'm hearing more and more that people really appreciate that <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, this is a conscious human that's interested in who I am and how I'm walking in this world. Yeah. And then so many people, even myself back in the beginning, were afraid to ask pre people's pronouns. I was afraid to say, hey, what are your pronouns? Because it, it felt like you might say something wrong or you might get it wrong or you might get in trouble. Like there's all those feelings in there. Yeah. What do you say and to that? You know, it, the reality is we might offend people and we're doing the best we can all the time with the knowledge that we have right now. And uh, for me, it's a lifetime of learning. You know, we used to say preferred pronouns and because that felt conscious. And now we just say pronouns because it's not preferred. It's who people are. Yeah. And so we're always growing and learning and uh, me for sure too. You know, I identify as queer. I'm in the LGBTQ community. I sure can't speak to everyone. I sure uh, have a lot more to learn. <laughs> and um, I think that for me, I'm open to maybe pushing someone's buttons and, and having someone be like, that's offensive by asking rather than not asking. So you just get to decide what you're signing yeah. up for. Yeah. Cause quiet, keeping it to yourself of, oh my gosh, they don't even know who I am and didn't ask that can't feel good either. It's be better to say, Hey, I'm open. Do yeah. you want to be open with me? Kind of thing. And invite yeah. them into that. And start with your pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's a brilliant, brilliant idea too. Yeah. Mm. So many ways and considerations for creating safer space. Yeah. And even just thinking that, like, I, I can feel it. And I'm like, yeah, it feels good to me. But I do remember in the beginning too, of that, not feeling comfortable, just like, oh my gosh, I have so much to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to 
learn. It's okay to ask. It's okay to make mistakes and then have that repair and just getting that permission and reminding ourselves of that. Cause many of us were probably taught it's not okay to do that. Absolutely. And uh, I've screwed up so many times. I have several trans identified clients and we'll be working with an inner child part and I won't even be thinking and I'll say her when I actually should have asked first um, which pronoun I should use uh, and, or well, accidentally, you know, say something. And the, and what the repair in that moment is, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And then say the right pronoun instead of like, I'm so sorry, take care of me. Let me prove to me I'm a good person. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me say it right move on. We can talk impact later if wanted. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. Cause if they are female trans now, maybe their inner child still was he, you don't know, like they could have associated the whole way through as she, they could have flipped. She, that's, I, I never even thought of that before, but yeah. what they identify and use now is may not be what they were using when you're working on that piece of inner child work. Yeah. And that also reminds me, you know, you went through the VITA SLRC program and in that program, we talk about masculine and feminine so much. And I don't, I don't tend to do that very much um, in my teaching and with my clients, but every now and then that framework will arise and I'll just pause and say, this is something that I'm thinking we could play with this experiment. How do these words land for you? What do they mean for you? And how could we create something that works better for this exercise for you? That kind of thing. Yeah. If it doesn't land and yeah. 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 There's so much to, to think about <laughs> and play with in there. Tons and tons. And then that brings right back to being perfectionists. <laughs> and, and being okay with not being a perfectionist, being okay with having a repair or doing it wrong. It, it's okay. Yeah. I am definitely a recovering perfectionist, still in recovery. I probably will be forever. Um, but I noticed it, was, it took years. I've been fired from jobs for my lack of ability to receive feedback in the past because I was so scared of somebody seeing me as having done something wrong, bad, harmful, or even just like slightly off. I could not handle it. And over the years, I've really started understanding how to make repairs, how to say, I'm sorry, how to take responsibility, how to know that it's not about me and my character. It's just something I did. And the more I can embody genuinely being available to receive feedback and genuinely offering repairs and taking responsibility, the more that perfectionism piece is that part feels safer. It's like, oh, I don't need to try so hard because that thing I was so scared of, it's not so bad. And so it's really about practice. Yeah, because I can totally see that. How did you even start that journey there of letting that heal and not be that People pleaser, perfectionist, good girl. I think it was through learning about developmental trauma and through doing my own work that, cause that never happened for me. And that was something I always wanted was parents to make repairs or say, Hey, yep, that happened. Or I did that. Right. How many of us are still waiting for those? No <laughs> waiting. It won't happen. That's no. okay. 
coming from a perfectionist mom and a perfectionist grandmother, I just learned this is how we hold ourselves. And then when I learned the power of repair being modeled to me through my own therapists, when they would just screw it up, because I am so hypervigilant, you know, they would like show up one and a half minutes late to session and I'd be pissed and they'd be like, so validating and so loving. And I still loved them. (laughs) Mm. And I was like, oh, you, even when someone does something wrong, like they're still lovable. So it went that direction for me first. I had it modeled and then I started getting, okay, I can do that with my clients, just my clients. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I'm still working on it in friendships. (laughs) Yeah. So cool. But yeah, we get to play with that and get rid of that good girl and, and start to be bad. I still have certain, certain little things. I don't like to get in trouble still a thing like police or like Facebook jail horrifies me. (laughs) I do not want to be put in. And I know um, that's why it is. And even um, my coach, Julia, she told me a few months ago to start posting invisible as fuck every day. And I was like, I'm not allowed to, I'm going to get in trouble. And she's like, that's why you're going to do it. And I was like, ah, right. Cause that felt wrong. It felt bad. It felt like I was going to get in trouble. I think Julia, cause she was my coach too, for a while, a long time. And I think her making me do things that I was terrified of, like pissing people off on Facebook really helped. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learning and practicing and seeing that we are still safe afterwards, even if we get put in Facebook jail, yeah. even if we get a speeding ticket, even if we get any of those things. Yeah. Julia still loves us. So we must be good. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're totally good. Totally good. So I'm going to drop because the Creating Safer Spaces program is incredible. Do you want to speak to that for a moment of how it works? Yeah, it's my, I know I have two super passion projects because I have Creating Safer Space and I'm just getting ready to film Creating Safer Healthcare next week. Well, film the rest of it. But right now what's available and super awesome, it's growing like wildfire, is Creating Safer Space. And we're launching it again starting next week. We start meeting live in July after people have watched the modules and it's for coaches, therapists, facilitators of all kinds, learning to do a lot of what we talked about today and more regulate their own systems, understanding how we welcome people in a way that feels nourishing for people's nervous systems who have had trauma, understanding, um, all the various kinds of trauma, some science behind trauma, really just it's that human awareness, <laughs> how we can bring that extra touch of care to help people actually be able to receive our gifts because so many of us are doing the most incredible modalities ever and people aren't able to actually receive what we're offering because they can't stay present because they're managing fight, flight, freeze, collapse, fawn, all the things. And we don't know if we don't know how to look for it. And so we just kind of lose clients or they don't come back or big blowups happen or we fire clients and we don't understand that, oh, these are opportunities for compassion, connection, repair, deeper work. And so we miss so many opportunities when we don't have this awareness. So it really supports that. And it's such a beautiful community. (laughs) Every single person who goes through that program, I just want to hang out with. So we have a real worldwide network. 
Yeah. And once you sign up for it, like you have all the modules and you can watch them as many times as you want. And then am I right that you can join every live class as well? Yeah. Forever. As long as I do them. (laughs) Yeah. That's super, super cool. And it's like so reasonably priced. It's like amazing. Amazing. (laughs) Well, I can't remember what it's something in the five, like 500 ish. It's 500, but this will be the very last time it is being offered at 500 because it is so reasonable. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it's, uh, uh, yeah, definitely underpriced because it's huge, huge, huge value. It's an incredible, incredible program. Sounds like a great program. Yeah, come join us. It's awesome. (laughs) It's really good. I really enjoyed it. I I binged it in January and uh, while I was sitting doing artwork or whatever I was doing through the winter, yucky snowy months. Yeah. And it was fabulous. And, so go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and I was just gonna say, Carrie, it, I forgot to name, but it is for body workers too. Excellent. And- it sounds some, like something that's definitely needed. I'm completely ignorant to this situation and I have so much to learn. Um, Kim and I talked about doing this podcast and I was like, oh, I'm going to really piss some people off with the things that I say. So I'm just kind of keeping quiet today because <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Mm. I bet you know more. I mean, it's everything you've said today, you sound very aware. So thank you. Yeah. I've done I'm, a little bit of work, but I, I'm a work in progress for sure. She's I, done a ton of work. She doesn't admit <laughs> to all the work she's done. I think that's why people like my program is because what I hear more than any other piece of feedback is they leave feeling like they can screw it up and they're going to be fine. Yeah. They leave feeling like they don't have to tiptoe anymore and they just get to be authentically them and they understand what they're looking for and how to tend to it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. One of my biggest takeaways from this is my health history forms. And I'm like, oh, oh, I should change those. Right. Yeah, man. I have had chronic illness for 15 years now and the amount of times I have to traumatize myself filling out all these details that they don't really need about yeah family history I mean my family history is not pretty you know all sorts of things mm-hmm. yeah especially when you're going for a massage or or something that you're like that isn't really related here but you're making yeah. them go through it again and you're thinking about it and your body's reacting to it mm-hmm. just sitting in an office waiting for yeah. a nice massage to relax or something like that Mm-hmm. so just depends just depends but it's nice to be aware Definitely. so yeah this is for yoga teachers coaches body therapists meditation teachers anyone who is holding space for people right exactly yeah did I miss anybody <laughs> no I think I I was living in Bali when I filmed it and there were just facilitators everywhere and it was very scary <laughs> and so um, I had a lot of material to work with so I just tried to make wow. it for as many people as I possibly could and I think I did an okay job. You did an amazing job and you keep adding to it. That's the beautiful part. You keep adding and adding and adding to it and holding extra live classes where we can ask questions and say, Hey, I'm noticing this with my client. What would you do? Or I'm noticing this in my body. What's going on? Like, it's brilliant. And I'm glad you're increasing the price soon. So get in there now before she does. And we'll drop the link in the show notes as well. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. Fabulous. Fabulous. It's great to see you again. Oh, so good to be with you guys. Thanks for people. Us. <laughs> and thanks oh, yes. for teaching me. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So we'll drop all the notes and links in the show notes and you can reach out and follow Shelby from there and, and check out her space, safer space, creating safer space program as well until next time. Oh, and Kim has an affiliate link. So use Kim's link. Okay. Thank you. I will definitely share that link. You're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Badass Bitches. We invite you to follow us and join in the conversation on Facebook at 4BadassB using the number 4 and on Instagram at 4BadassBitches again using the number 4 because we are 4 all you badass bitches. We'd love to hear your thoughts, comments, and what you would love to hear more about. Until next time, bitches.